Hey everybody, Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. Hope everybody's great. In this episode, I promise it's not more book talk. We are <laughs> we're taking a break from all that to talk to my friend Jonathan Ovadia from XLab, who is the CEO, co-founder. He uh, is working on some very cool virtual reality content. I won't spoil anything, but the funding is a fascinating story here. The way the company works is really interesting. He's just a cool guy, and we had a lot of fun hanging out. So this was a fun chat. Hope you enjoy it also. Let's get to it. Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. The arcade was my church. I thought I was doing this since, you know, I don't know, maybe since I'm 13 years old. And, or even younger. I remember playing Pokemon Gold on my Game Boy. Maybe I was eight or something. But I just, I just love that. Nowadays, it's a cool thing. Capital's following it, and I'm blessed to be able to pick who I want to work with. And, you know, really, it's just I like working with gamers. That's really at the core of it. Love that. So, on that note, let's start by having you sort of introduce yourself to listeners uh, who you are, what you're doing, and we'll go from there. All right. Awesome. So, my name is Jonathan Ovadia. I'm the CEO and co founder of XLab. We are a virtual reality technologies and gaming studio. Our primary focus is our franchise called Veil. It's a 5v5 tactical shooter. And just for people that haven't really experienced virtual reality, we're really pulling from a variety of of inspirations. But some of the main ones are Counter-Strike, Valorant, Rainbow Six Siege is a top pick, and Call of Duty, and Halo. So... It's really all the games that I've grown up with, taking a little bit of inspiration from all of them and putting it into virtual reality because now that you can fully immerse yourself, there's just so much more you know, degrees of freedom and abilities to do so many things in virtual reality that things that couldn't have been done before are, are only possible because of this hardware. And it's really just a dream come true to be able to push the next generation of gaming for, for everybody. I love this because, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you're trying to overcome some of the hurdles to bring some of the fun and some of the technology of shooters into VR in a way that hasn't necessarily been done very well very often. I mean, you'll have to tell me if you know about great experiences in VR in this space that I don't know about yet, but it seems like we're still looking for that great Halo-esque experience to uh, come to VR. Look, I... We have a rule in the company. We do not speak about anyone else's game in VR because where we are right now, anybody that is shipping a game, I don't care how bad it is or how good it is, they're shipping a game. And just by shipping a game, they're pushing the space forward. And it's all these early innovators that, you know, were there at the forefront 2015 and, and forward that, you know, are making the way for that big title, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe we will be that big title. I'm I'm, I'm betting my life on it, right? <laughs> but when, when we first started it, it really wasn't like that. When we first started, I had a simple I had a simple goal. It's uh my brother and I came up with the idea in partnership with uh my brother's partner Elizabeth. So us three came up with the idea to do this game. 
And the reason why we got into it is because my brother's partner, Elizabeth, she's a musician, an mm-hmm. incredible one. And she is amazing with with visuals and, and creative things, right? So for all her live performances, she would always have awesome visuals, like really, really awesome live performances. And she was looking for a new medium to explore her creative side. And when Oculus was giving out development kits, I think it was 2014, 2015, she had the bright idea of pretty much creating these virtual reality worlds in which you could explore her music through this new interactive media. So she released a game in 2017 called Water Planet, which (laughs) had four levels and it was tied to her EP. And each level, there was a narrative and some lore, but each level essentially was, it had a different song from her EP. And it was such an awesome experience. I remember when I first tried on a virtual reality headset that this was going to be it, right? This was just going to be it. I didn't know if it was going to be five years, 10 years, 20 years, maybe never. Maybe it was going to stay a small niche thing. But to me, it was just so awesome. It was all my dreams come true. I started thinking to myself, I can't wait till I have, you know, one of my favorite games growing up was Pokemon and Mario, Super Mario uh, on the Nintendo 64. And if I could experience those things in virtual reality, right, I would go nuts. So when I first tried that, I knew that one day, or at least I didn't know, right? I was hoping that one day that's where it would lead. And when I tried some of the first commercial games that came out late 2016, 2017, and this is what happened, right? So I tried these games and they were awesome because you were fully immersed in it. But it brought me back to, I don't know, early 2000s graphics. Mm-hmm. And it was, it kind of left me in this weird spot where the AAA games on, on PC and console, they were polished and awesome, but they didn't give me that full immersion. And then the virtual reality games that did give me the full immersion were completely not polished and just <laughs> pretty much broken at the time, right? Yeah. So then it left me in this really weird gray area where I just was never fully satisfied as a gamer. And even until today, I'm st- I'm still not satisfied as, as a gamer, at least for my preferences, with any VR game currently on the market. I like two types of games primarily. I play everything, but my two games that really take 80% of my time are competitive shooters and MMORPGs. I still think that we're a little bit out from a full-scale MMORPG just because of uh, feasibility. Yeah. But for a competitive shooter, that's that's really where we're trying to, to fill that passion and that void with, with our game. I think that makes perfect sense. And uh, you, you bring up a good point. Right now, we're at a point in VR where more than competing with one another, everyone's sort of working towards building a bridge between where we are now and uh, a world that we we suspect is coming where this is much more commonplace. The technology is household. Nobody's apprehensive about it. And we're just looking for how it fits into our, our gaming and our daily lives. So I think it's a good point to say that everyone who's doing it right now is doing important work. I am very excited about getting more of these traditional things that brought me in just like they brought you in uh in you know the shooters the mmorpgs that's the kind of thing we were just writing books about 10 years ago you know neil stevenson was writing he's done several versions of this now where you know big giant novels very popular very forward thinking about just the first good mmorpg system in the virtual space that connects us all there so Mm -hmm. having thinkers like that People like musicians, as you say, who who are interested in bringing technology into what they do. I think everyone's doing a lot of heavy lifting towards getting us there toward that next yeah. phase, right? I 100% agree. Every single person that's put out 
any quality of game right now. I have played it. I have tried it. I have loved it. And I've learned something from it because nothing's been done before, right? You right. take a standard game. We've had decades of trial and error to get to what we have today, right? For example, Fortnite uh, or any or Activision with Call of Duty. These big franchises, they've been, they've been built off of decades of, of blood, sweat, and tears, right? Uh, World of Warcraft one is still one of my favorite games. I've been playing it for, I don't know, maybe more, over 10 years already. But, you know, it takes so long and so many different, you know, attempts to to get it right. And that's really what we're trying to do. So our game, a lot of people, they ask us, when will you release the game? That's the number one question I get <laughs> every single day in our Discord. When keys, when release, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I keep telling everybody, we are in absolutely no rush to release the game. It will stay in alpha and beta for as long as the community sees fit. And we've seen other developers rush to market because yeah. right now people are saying it's it's a content drought. Virtual reality has a content drought. They have far – well, by they, I mean these large companies right, mm-hmm. have invested so heavily into the hardware that it's far outpaced the investment into software. So we're in a really unique position where – we have amazing hardware now, right? The Quest 2 was the Quest 2 was the day that I realized that I actually I think I might not be starving anymore for too much longer. Yeah. Um the Quest 2 really was an incredible device just because it brought the barrier of entry down from roughly, you know, 2 to 3000 dollars down to 299. Right. And it came in just right at the perfect timing when, you know, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox were, you know, there were so there's short uh, short supply and they were more expensive, and people were scalping them for fifteen hundred up to twenty five hundred dollars. I remember people were trying to scalp them. A lot of my <laughs> friends who were die hard console guys, they finally called me and said, "If I'm going to spend two thousand dollars for a PlayStation Five, I might as well get a VR headset." And yeah, <laughs> I, I I loved it. Right? I was like, "All right." So I, I made a lot of uh, I built a lot of computers with my brother for a bunch of friends and. You know, it, it was that moment that I realized this is – we're no longer in the early adopter phase. We're in the early mainstream phase. And the reason why I say early mainstream instead of just full-out mainstream is because we're still lacking those few main AAA titles that people say, I want to play that game, so I'm going to get virtual reality. We don't have that yet. I think yeah. right now people are getting virtual reality to experience virtual reality other than you know, my friends, for example, with consoles, because consoles are easier. Most of my friends that have a console, they have less than a handful of games, and they probably only play one or two. Yeah. And they will get that console for that one or two games. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting where we're at in the, in the cycle of video game development. I agree that the hardware manufacturers, we're at a point where they're doing a good job of not only getting it out into the market, but convincing people that you know this is here to stay, this is what's next, and we have reasons it's very approachable. You know, say what you will about Facebook. They've gotten it into people's hands. So I agree. And I'm I'm telling people all the time, uh, f- you know, family members who aren't necessarily gamers. I go, you know, if you check this out, it's just you'll understand right away what this technology is, why it's valuable. And they go, cool, what can I play on it? And I go, well, bring it over. We'll figure it out. Beat Saber. <laughs> yeah, bring it over. Like you look for anything just to show them. You know, what's funny. I have a hard time picking a few experiences to show to people, right? Yeah. Beat yeah. Saber is a great one. People love it. Sure. And there's a few other ones like The Lab and there's a Rick and Morty one that I, I love Rick and Morty. So <laughs> I always play it for my friends. But, you know, it's, it's, there's just, 
there's a lack of content. There's a lack of, of proper content. And it's just really interesting because, you know, just the hardware is really, really, really good now. I mean, yeah. it's really good. And it's just crazy. Every day I wake up and I wonder myself, why hasn't a big studio tackled VR yet? And this is just my assumption. But my assumption is they're printing so much money with uh, their Fortnite and their Warzone and their Valorant that it doesn't move the needle because it's just not a big enough market. I think an interesting statistic that my buddy Thrill Seeker actually told me, he's one of the largest VR YouTubers for virtual reality, hardware, and software news. I love him. Oh, yeah. He told me that the Quest 2 has sold more VR headsets than all the previous VR headsets combined since it came out. Which is fascinating, right? Yeah. So now, I believe now is the time that these AAA studios are going to start looking at the space. And a typical development cycle for a game can be, you know, on a good year, three years, right? If yeah. not four, five, or plus. So I still think we're about five years out from these AAA games coming out. And I think Apple just made an announcement that they're releasing their virtual reality headset in 2025. So that's about four years away. And this is assuming no delays, right? Because that's so far out that who knows. Right. But I think that by the end of this decade, virtual reality will be the go-to entertainment option worldwide. Yeah. I'm surprised Xbox has drugged their feet the way they have so far. I totally understand uh, caution. I understand planning ahead. But I'm very surprised with this last console that there wasn't really even any definitive talk about this is going to be compatible with either an existing headset or, you know, our own thing is on the way. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I, it's I do actually hope pretty we... interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I, I don't, I didn't speak too much about it, but something I did speak about uh, the other day with one of my buddies, he made a joke and this is no, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, upset Sony or, or say anything and we might be wrong, but we believe that Sony completely stopped caring about, VR until the Quest 2 numbers came out because it just happened to be timed <laughs> roughly at the same time that Facebook announced its numbers. All of a sudden, boom, Sony announces the most awesome VR headset coming out, right? And I'm I'm all for it, right? I, I used to be when I was a console guy, I was a PlayStation over Xbox. Apologies, yeah. Microsoft. I was a Microsoft <laughs> guy when Halo was around. But sure. after Halo, <laughs> yeah. I went straight for the PlayStation. So I'm I'm excited. I think we're in a really unique time. I think the virtual reality is really it is here to stay similar to cryptocurrencies, right? This is like the this this last run with cryptocurrencies. It's the time that now everyone's like no matter what I'm never selling. Right. <laughs> they already know, you know, it goes up and down, up and down after the third time around they're like, "All right, even if I lose 90%, I'll buy more." <laughs> and it's it's pushed the bull run even crazier. So, yeah. I, I actually have a lot of uh I look at cryptocurrencies and virtual reality very similar, and I've even made jokes on my Instagram to some of my friends that I, I post charts, right, of virtual reality adoption and cryptocurrency adoption, and I make everybody guess. I'm like, what what type of chart is this, crypto or <laughs> VR? They look almost the same. Yeah, I could see that would actually be pretty pretty difficult. And, you know, I think you, you might even be right about Sony, and it's not that I would blame them. Uh, oh, I wouldn't blame them either. It makes sense. So they announced it. Apple announced it. Microsoft announced it. Everybody announced it right after. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. I, I know me personally, I, I love what Facebook has done for VR. A lot of people in the space are, are quite upset because they force people to make a Facebook account. Yeah, I, I don't care. I think it's a small price to pay for what they're doing for VR because just them bringing the barrier of entry down so low and not needing a PC 
is amazing and something very interesting. I don't know if you've seen this. This blew my mind, right? I mean, completely, completely blew my expectations. Do you know the number one headset that connects to Steam right now on the PC? I honestly don't. It's actually the Quest 2. Huh. The Quest 2 is the number one most used headset on Steam. This is mind-blowing to me. Don't get me wrong. When the Quest 2 came out, I was curious. I wonder how many people are actually going to connect their Quest 2 to Steam, right? And I had a theory. I said, look, there aren't that many games in general, let alone Quest 2 games, right? So I thought, I don't know, maybe you see a few percent bump increase because these Quest 2 guys, they run out, or girls, right? These Quest 2 people (laughs) run out out of, uh, you know, content. So they'll say, I want more. The last thing I expected was for 25%, roughly. I don't know. I have to check right now. But last time I checked, it was roughly 25%. 25% of the people that connect to Steam are from a Quest 2. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that my content drought theory is so accurate. And it's yeah. backed up by hard data. Because if there was content on the Quest 2, there wouldn't be a necessity for these people to go, you know, they spend $300. They're like, oh, it's very cheap. Yay. They get sucked into the love of VR and they're like, I need more. And then they go build a two or $3,000 rig, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the best way to get people sucked into the space. That's genius. It's just unreal, yeah. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet 10 bucks on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 888 Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CAPITAL and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CAPITAL and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So, speaking of content, let's talk Vale. It looks to me like we're in alpha. You can request access through Steam. I mean, how how are things going? Um, there's so much to talk about. Where, <laughs> where would you where would you like to start? Just how are things going? Where? I I can ask the unfair general question. How far along are we? So we're actually in a really really good spot right now. The last four years 
have been solely focused on the core game engine, the core mechanics, and the core features. Yeah. So sad to say, it's not the sexy stuff, right? We've yeah. been focusing on pretty much everything you don't see. Uh, one of my brother's favorite things to talk about is net code. So <laughs> from, you know, I'm the CEO, I deal with the community, I deal with all the teams, and I deal with all the investors. And it's very hard to get anybody excited with, you know, just lines of code, right? right. It's, it's very hard. So we ran out of money, um, being fully transparent here, we ran out of money last year in July. And it was very, very difficult. So it was in that moment that, you know, my brother and I and our sister and our partner, Elizabeth, all of us pretty much maxed out our credit cards. And it was also right at the start of COVID. So it was pretty, it was pretty Oof. difficult time to get funding, right? Because yeah. COVID came in March. I was able to, I, I, I maxed out all possible loans and I kept funding it. And I started talking to venture capitalists saying, hey, this is the future. Venture capitalists, at least the ones I spoke to, were quite upsetting because they did not see the vision. Yeah. They did not see the vision at all of the Quest 2. They were kind of telling me, we only invest in mobile games. And as a gamer, that's quite upsetting, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love mobile games when I'm on the, in the car. But as a gamer, to tell me that the only thing that matters to venture capitalists, and I didn't speak to all of them. I spoke to a few. Sure. Um, but for the few that I spoke to, I hope they hear this because I've gotten some emails where they're looking to invest now, and I have been able to turn them down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, there was this guy that I met that told me, I have, a, I have an option for you. Uh, it's regulation crowdfunding. I didn't know what that was. I said, what is that? And he said, it's kind of like Kickstarter, but Kickstarter 2.0, and where instead of people just donating or pledging money, they actually are investing money. Oh, so right. I found it fascinating. I found yeah. it a fascinating thing. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of relatively new. Came out, I think, 2018 after mm -hmm. the Jobs Act. And I found this website called Start Engine. And Start Engine, the founder of it is actually the co-founder of Activision, right? Howard oh. Marks. So when I saw this, I felt like the universe was just telling me, give this a shot. Yeah. And I was able to get one of my really close friends um, to believe in the vision. And he gave me a bridge loan, a personal loan, uh, to essentially say, you know, ignore all the VCs. I almost cursed there, but I held it back. <laughs> it's not a big deal, yeah. <laughs> he, told me, he told me, if the VCs don't understand, I'm going to give you a bridge loan. And I bet the community will. So he gave me a bridge loan. We began filing all our stuff, uh, you know, doing all the paperwork and everything in October. And we launched our crowdfunding campaign uh, February 24th. And, you know, short, two months later, we've completed our, our first million dollar raise. So yeah. pretty much all from community members because everyone in virtual reality, some people are, are telling me, God bless you. Thank you so much because, you know, Really, you're the only eSport game in the horizon, in the pipeline. Right. And just so you know, the first 300 people that tested with us, they were all competitive players. Hmm. Uh, pretty much all the competitive teams in virtual reality, I've been speaking with everyone from day one, and they've been involved in early testing. And you know, we, we take all their feedback, and we've just learned all the things that work and don't work from the, the few games that are out right now, right? So they've all supported us, and now that we raised that first million dollars so quickly, it really it gives a big statement um, to traditional venture capitalists, where it kind of tells them like, look, you either see the vision or the community will, because the yeah. only people, you know, my my number one thing was always whenever I was talking to investors, I'd say, put on the headset, 
play our game and try anything else. And that's it, right? Yeah. Like you, you'll see it. But they just – if you're not a gamer, you don't get it. But right. the gamers get it. So now having this whole entire community supporting us, it's it's really a dream come true. I, I, I just couldn't – I couldn't believe it. Um, I was able to quit my, my full-time job to focus on my passion, and it was probably the best day of my life. I mean every day is now the best day of my life. I'm so, I'm so fortunate to be working on this, and I'm just very, very happy with where everything's going. So talking about the alpha, right? The first few hundred testers were all competitive players. And then right now what we're doing is we're letting in a certain amount of people every few weeks for a play test in which mm. uh, the CTO, pretty much the whole entire team's online and we're talking with everybody. We're getting feedback. We really like hearing from the community what they like and what they don't like because our motto is give the players exactly what they want. So we really want to have everyone involved from day one so they can help shape where this game goes. Because at the end of the day, it's 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 a game for the people, you know. It's for the yeah. people made by us. You know, we're all gamers here. Um, it's really really exciting. I'll tell you what I like about this story so far is that uh, this does not sound like a project by quote you know startup guys. You know, I, I get a lot of people We're definitely come... <laughs> not startup guys. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I get a lot of people through on the podcast who are like, yeah, I came from, you know, finance or I came from, you know, business here and there. And we decided to start up a studio and they're coming to me like, and here's why I know what the future of gaming is. And I'm not necessarily convinced, but this, uh, this is much more of a passion project, which I like to hear about. I'm, I'm blown away by the details about you funding it yourself for so long. And, uh, it's, it is a very cool movement we're seeing where, I first heard of the sort of investment version of um, crowdfunding, like you said, around 2018 or, or thereabouts. And I think that's I think that's awesome. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of crowdfunding, but when you're literally invested in it, fantastic. I mean, that's a, a ton of people want to break into that. And there weren't a, a lot of good options for that. But uh, Start Engine sounds cool. And yeah, uh, no, I'm very, very happy with with our choice. I mean, it's it's obviously everything's easy in retrospect, right? But at sure. the time, I was freaking out. I mean, I was really freaking out. I was like, if this doesn't work, I have no idea what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And part of the strength of Kickstarter is that it lets people sort of start building that community. I mean, are you finding that on Start Engine also? Well, it's actually quite the opposite for us. Um, look, I've been involved in games since I was a young child, and communities have always been awesome. But the virtual reality community is like no other. I mean, mm. it is the most open, the most friendly community I've ever been a part of. We constantly are speaking to developers at pretty much every other games that are our number one competitor. We're best friends. I mean, we're <laughs> all, we're all in it together, right? There's enough room for 10 <laughs> franchises, right? Like say, say there's call of duty, Valor and counter-strike uh, rogue six. So there's rainbow six siege. I mean, there's so many, there's so many, right? And it's so yeah. small of a space still that, I'm so fortunate to be talking to people every day that are in the mindset of rising tides lifts all boats, right? The whole goal is to build awesome experiences for the people, the gamers to, you know, pretty much are, if we're talking about a number one competitor, it's probably traditional pancake games. Those are our number one competitors, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. We're not, we're not competing internally. We're competing against a different media uh, medium, right? So it's, it's really, so Right. Most most people build communities on these Kickstarters. We do the opposite. We have a discord right now with over 2000 uh, members, all organic. Uh, mm. It was really 
you know, every single day I'd be playing VR games and talking to people and saying, hey, uh, what do you like about this game? What do you like about that game? For many years, I was friends with people. They didn't even know I had a game, right? Because there's nothing <laughs> to show. Yeah. So I was just that one guy that had a very big interest in what made people like other games and not like other games. And I made a Discord just kind of inviting everybody to hang out and talk. And all of a sudden, you know, we announced like, hey, we've been making a game for a few years. <laughs> you want to try it? Yeah. And everyone went crazy. And then slowly, since our game is really focused on the competitive scene, um, we really want to be that, that you know, number one esports VR shooter. So a lot of teams from other games, you know what's funny? In VR, there's kind of this rivalry between the top three uh, shooter games, and they all have different teams, and they all have different reasons why they like that game. Yeah. All the teams have come into our game, and they're working together. They're saying... They're instead of fighting and bickering, sometimes they're a little bickering, right? But it's, sure. it's healthy sportsmanship. But they've all come together in our game, and we've built an amazing community of passionate people. So not only do we have this community in our Discord, most of them are actually investing into the company itself. So now we have people that have real skin in the game. They're giving us – I mean you can't, you can't pay for this type of feedback, right? You can't pay for this passion. It's impossible. You can't, you can't buy these things. It's just – yeah. It's just everything kind of happened so crazily. And like looking back, I mean, to be honest, this is my first podcast I've ever done. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. You're I doing great. I <laughs> no, it's, I'm, not, I'm not worried. It's just uh, I'm in my head right now thinking about how crazy the last four years has been. And I couldn't have – I didn't plan any of this, right? Yeah. But if I did, it wouldn't have come out. It wouldn't have come out this way. I mean really it couldn't have been any better. We're at the right place at the right time with thousands of amazing people that we speak with every single day. We have a team of 11 right now. Most of our core uh, you know, team, you know, they knew the, the money struggle. So all of us pretty much had full-time jobs and we're working on this on the side. Yeah. And it wasn't until you know, we finally got funding that now we're in this transitioning period where we're looking for a proper office space. Uh, a lot of the core team is, is planning on moving to Miami. And you know, we're, we're really – now we're looking to legit – I mean I'll tell you. We didn't even have an LLC or anything right for for the first four years it was just all yeah. super cowboy and right. then when we wanted to raise money i started learning oh man i have to have a delaware c corp i have to have an <laughs> articles of organization i have to have this i have to have that i'm like oh my god now i'll give you an example like i'm, I'm just now looking at health insurance and i'm thinking wow i can't believe i'm doing this but <clears throat> it's all good right everybody's I'm happy and and uh you know if you can get paid to do what you love it's it's really a blessing, and I just get to work with such awesome people, and it's just awesome. I, I really I couldn't have ever dreamed of a better a better opportunity. It's awesome, and it it is very weird that moment when a project gets to a point where you go, okay, I have to make this official, get paperwork going. Uh, yeah, it's, right. It's weird to do it like for the podcast. I, you know, I have an LLC for for all this content creation stuff, and it's like it really makes you sit back and sort of uh, take inventory about what just happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everything that... with my team was pure handshake deals. Right. And everyone, I mean, everyone trusted us, right. Everyone on the team, we've been working together for so many years, but it was crazy. Cause I finally sent paperwork saying, Hey, uh, here are your stock options. Right. And they're like, Oh wow. Like it's legit now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what changes? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Can't buy anything with stock still, but <laughs> right. <laughs> it's official. It's so cool. And I mean, the the next level of awesome is that you get to create opportunities that change people's careers. And, you know, ch ch you know, it sounds sappy, but you change their lives. It's a it's yeah. a really awesome thing for it to explode like that. And uh, it's really smart 
to have this project that's sort of targeting the future of uh, esports as it pertains to VR. I mean, are you guys hearing from a lot of people outside of like just players in esports? I mean, are they really looking forward to kind of moving that direction with it? Are you talking about the VR esports players or just general esports players? Kind of general esports industry. I mean, like, I don't think I think we're still too soon for that. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at I've already been speaking to some of the main uh, business development people from top, uh, you know, teams uh, yeah. or content houses. I don't want to give any names yet because sure. we haven't signed anything, but they're pretty much there's they're a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a few of their people try our game and say, oh, my God, this is awesome. But you're still a few years out. And they're right. They're definitely yeah. right. So I, I know it's going to be a thing. It's not a it's not a matter of if uh, just when. Right. And this whole thing happened already so so much faster than I already expected that I'm not worried. Look, I, I, I'm really not worried. I'm very happy with where everything's going. And I know when it's the right time, it's the right time. We're still very early. And I'm just look, I'm just happy to do what I'm doing. Right. Um, that's pretty much it. And that's a pretty small team you've got still. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be growing in the future, but have you pulled people in from other sort of areas of the game industry? Just people who are enthusiastic? I mean, how did you sort of pick the players? So it happened all organically, right? We were involved early on in steam dev days and, and Oculus connect days. And there was a few other pre COVID, obviously (laughs) there was a few other conferences that we'd go to. And, you know, we just met, Look, when we got into VR, my dream was very simple. If I could release an indie game and make half of what my daytime job is, and I could retire just doing what I love, I will live in a shoebox in the middle of nowhere and live my life happily, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That was it, right? So everyone that joined us, it was passion. I mean, really, it was was, was purely passion built. It wasn't like people weren't coming and saying, give me, you know, six figure salary. We didn't have it. Right. And the space wasn't there. It was just purely passionate people. So we're really lucky. We're right now. Everyone on the team is purely passion driven and I want to maintain that culture. So we've been getting a lot of resumes from more, uh, you know, more, uh, proper experience, uh, people you could call it. Right. But I really, we do need to hire additional people and we're going to hire, but very, very slowly because the culture that we've built, I wake up every day so happy. I don't want it to be like that. Uh, I don't want, I don't want to wake up and and be like, okay, we became corporate, right? What we're doing is so cool. And I'm just very happy. A lot of investors are like, oh, you're going to work on 10 other games and all these other things. And yes, eventually, probably, but really it's just we have we're the only game right now right in the pipeline that that i at least am aware of so as a gamer as a business person i get it but as a gamer which it comes first to me i i just want to get it right and yeah. if that means it's going to be delayed a little bit we've seen what happens when games release early right yeah. yep every time that anyone says oh when are you releasing the game release it early release it i tell them i give a few examples i'm not going to say any names sure and then they all shut up they say <laughs> okay Okay, I get it. I'm like, look, there's no rush. It's just we're still early. Uh, I just want to get it right. And then something that I started thinking about recently is this whole idea of – not recently, right? But the, the whole concept has, has really become more refined recently. It's this whole concept of the metaverse, right? And in our game, when you first load in, you're loading into your, to your social house, right? So <laughs> think, think Call of Duty or any of these big shooter games. Normally, you go into lobby – and you right. can just see 
your your usernames and you're talking, you see an animation maybe, and then you queue up for matches. But what about right? Or how do how do I say this? My pitch is always gamers' lobbies reinvented. So I'm really focusing on this social experience, and I want to get it right. I want people to be able to hang out in their Veil armories or their Veil houses. I want people to be able to invite their friends over. I want people to be able to hang out and do a variety of things, whether it be ping pong, chess, shooting guns, mini games, mini games with guns, target practice, yeah. uh, you know, you name it, custom, custom, you know, type of game rules within your houses. And then additionally, esports is big, right? So we're building out right now this cool experience where you can be inside of your Veil home and we can broadcast tournaments inside of your Veil home. So you can uh. watch your Veil you can watch Veil tournaments within your Veil home with your Veil buddies, right? You can, if you want to invite, you know, a lot of people to your Veil home and throw a party, you have a DJ set. Every, a lot of people on the team are musicians as well. So no. you can have a DJ set and do a, you know, a virtual rave within your Veil home and then go do a team deathmatch or a search and destroy or a gun game, uh, you name it, right? So we're really, we have a lot of, there's a lot of ambition here in the project and I know it's very ambitious, but Everything's possible as long as every day we make a little bit of progress towards that goal. And I don't know of anybody else doing what we're doing, so I don't feel any pressure. I, I really don't. Um, we were pressured for a long time because of capital constraints. Yeah. But now that you know we've been able to get – I think we're almost at 1,000 investors, um, and that's just in two months, right? It hasn't even really gone that public. So I feel like a lot of people will share our vision, and as long as people share our vision – We'll always have the capital we need to continue building out not only our dream, but apparently a thousand other people uh, put their money there, right? You know, so it's their yeah. dream too. I hope. Uh, so that's really where we're at. Um, we want to build out this competitive game with a social experience that we are calling the Veil Metaverse. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CAPITAL and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CAPITAL and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CAPITAL and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CAPITAL and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
I love the metaverse concept. It takes me back to the first experience I had in like modern VR, which would be the, I guess the quest one. That's not true. I used the windows mixed reality headset for a while before I did that. So I've, I've been around it for a little bit. I, I loved getting into my first, you know, quote unquote house and, uh, moving Which around. Which was your first house? I'm curious. When I say that, I'm thinking about both the fancy architecture Windows house, but then also the Oculus. Um... So, you know, Oculus house, right? Yeah. I, I love it. And this is no diss to Oculus. Right. It seems like such a waste of a space, right? Like there's a few random things you can do in it, but it, it could have been so much more. That's kind like, of exactly where I was going to go with in. that. It could be. So everything that I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't think I'm that smart. I'm just a gamer, right? <laughs> Everything that I want to do, I ask people, how do you feel about this? And they say, oh, I would love that. I'm like, me too. And then yeah. we start working on it, right? So literally that Oculus house is the perfect example. Imagine Oculus house attached to a AAA shooter franchise. And now you have the social experience mixed in with the actual competitive game, whether it be casual competitive, just casual or, or full on competitive, right? We're going to have rank lobbies and the rank lobbies are going to be casual ranked so you go in solo and you meet other people that are very serious full ranked uh which is just you go in with your actual group of five or just casual right so we're trying to build out all these different avenues so we're open to everyone right and the only way you get that is with the with the proper community and the proper infrastructure which we're working on i you uh you cut me off at the past that was exactly where i was going to go with that idea because the the house i already thing- knew i mean you you think just like me so i got excited sorry No, absolutely. It's, it's, they could build on, they could still build on it and it would be just as awesome. I think that's exactly the kind of thing we need to really make it dawn on people. Like this is what VR can be. This is that interconnectedness that we can, you know, we have our own world that we access just through this headset. And these, these headsets are going to get slimmer profile. It's going to be easier to do in the future. And it's just going to be this whole new universe and the people doing that, creating that kind of experience like this, which uh, you'll be you'll certainly be among the first at, at this rate. It's it's going to be it's going to change history, you know, not to overstate it, but it, it literally will. No, be... it, it, it will definitely change video game history. And that's kind of one of my favorite histories, right? <laughs> yeah. Based on how you had to fund this on, on this last round, did you kind of have a scaled version of your own roadmap based on what kind of funding you were able to bring in. And uh, I mean, if so, how, how did the results stack up? I mean, are you going to get to do everything you wanted to do or do you have just oh, unlimited no, no, no. dreams? Oh, no. <laughs> we, I have, I have unlimited. I'll tell you, it's funny. People ask me, I've had certain large investors come to me and they say, how much money do you need? And I always tell them, how much money do you want to give me? And they go, that's not how this works. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can find a use for any amount of money. Right. <laughs> right. I really can. Uh, I have so many things in my head. Uh, my brother and I and, and our partner, Elizabeth, and the whole entire team, uh, you know, there's so many. I mean, you can build a universe, really. I mean, it's, it's endless. So right now we raised 1 million, uh, exactly 1.07 million to be exact. <laughs> We're already preparing for our next launch. Um, if we want to scale up to include additional teammates and to build out additional features and you know other things, really, it's it's really a function of the longer we want to hold out from releasing the game, the more we need to raise. And right yeah. now, I used to think, okay, we, we're completely broke. We need to launch the game, 
as cheap as possible, get any amount of cash in the door. I haven't seen a dollar in four years since we started this. And, you know, we need funds to keep going, right? Yeah. Um, now I'm in a different mentality where, you know, I'm learning how to be a startup guy, right? Uh, <laughs> so I'm in a different mentality where there isn't anything else in the pipeline, at least that I've heard of. There might be other projects that are just like us that have been completely silent for years and haven't announced yet. I don't know. But uh, I haven't heard of anything. So I want to be... You know, I want to work on this game and really get it right before we launch. I don't know how much time that will be. I can, I mean, I could drag this out for, you know, years. There's so many, I could drag this out for a lifetime if, if I'm giving the opportunity. At some point, we will be ready to launch. Um, I don't know when that will be yet. It's really going to be a mixture of the team and the community saying, hey, guys, it's time. Uh, really, we're, we're very open. We've been told that we're one of the most open and friendly uh, developer communities for, you know, any game, really. Because we're, we're online 24-7 and I'll just sometimes be working live chatting because every day I learn something new from, from someone in the community. And I think that, that that's invaluable. Yeah. So it's just interesting. There's so many things going on. I don't know where this is going to go, but wherever it goes, I hope it goes somewhere well. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure this question extends well beyond launch because, I mean, I'm sure that's not the end of development. Do you want to keep this oh, fresh and keep all. this living? So, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that your plan for this goes well beyond launch, whenever that may be. Yeah, there's there's just I have I, I can't I know we only have uh, an hour or 15 minutes left at this point, but I have too much too many things in my head, really. Like, I, there's just so much there's so much to build. So there's going to be a time where I can tell the community is going to say, all right, Jonathan or tropical. They call me tropical. That's my my online name. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to tell me tropical. It's time to launch the game. <laughs> Let the people in and then we'll launch the game will be stable and we'll still be adding things for I mean, look at certain games have been adding stuff for 20 years. Right. right. And they're not stopping. So I see us being one of those franchises where we're just on, we're just always adding stuff. There, there's just so many things that can be added with having, you know, the, the competitive game, the casual game and then the social experience all merged into one. How much has the community that you started? Uh, we can even say we can limit it to discord. Uh, how much has Discord already sort of shaped the way you guys are doing things and what oh, you're doing? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, so much. Because, so step one pre-community was get the game engine right, focus mm -hmm. on the net code, and then once all of that came in, we we've only released one level, which is essentially a test level. Yeah. It's called Miru, and that's when we started inviting all the competitive players to join and give us their detailed feedback, and. We took a lot of their feedback and have been working on it. We're still working on a lot of it. Every few weeks, we do another play test with at least one to you know four of these competitive teams. So we keep you know moving in that direction. And the meta of virtual reality esport games they change as well. So things happen. Some some updates are coming out in other games that people say they like, they don't like, and we're constantly iterating and evolving on that. And the way we've built our code, it allows us to easily add and remove features. Um, so that's really where we're at. Then recently, we started opening it up more to casual players. Yeah. And the casual players are giving us amazing feedback that has nothing to do with competitive players. Um, yeah. And it's really just taking a balance of this. But as I think I said it earlier, we're really community-driven, right? Our motto is get the players what they want. So we really focus on building our code in a way that allows us to take this input and, and, you know, add or remove certain things very quickly and iterate on different builds and different versions of the game. It's kind of an interesting point. You started with an unusually knowledgeable player base because, I mean, who who knows the games Early they play adopters. better than esports guys? And yeah. 
and early adopters. It's true. I mean, uh, it's, it's gotta be nice, right? You, I'm telling you, you should see some of the emails I get. <laughs> I'm talking about 10, 20 pages of detailed things that I have never thought about. I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I go into the office. I'm like, guys, look, look what this guy said. It's amazing because I mean, look, we've been working on the game, but these guys have literally been playing. I mean, some of these people have a thousand plus hours in esport VR games, right? You can't, yeah. you can't pay, you can't pay for that. It's, it's, it's such a passion at this point. And eventually this will be full mainstream, but I'm just so blessed to have been at the point where it's, it's purely passion driven and everyone involved in the space is very passionate about where the future of this is going to go. Yeah. And it's, it is a tough area to work right now. Cause like you said, a lot of investors still don't get it. I was in the right place at the right time to actually include a chapter from uh, my friend, Ryan Ingle, who did the top golf VR experience uh, cool. in, in the book. So there's a whole book chapter about that. So we got to have a long conversation about this stuff. He has a very similar story, but his differs in that he wasn't initially marketing to gamers. He wanted to do VR stuff for uh, golfers who weren't necessarily gamers, who it's an even, even tougher sell because it's hard to even get them to put the headset on. But you go, if you would just try this, I can show you all this data about your swing. I can show you how the ball would go. It's, it's fascinating to kind of be in this new wild West phase where all of you visionaries are trying to, to bring that to the people who can help make it happen. And, uh, it's it's tough to watch just the way it's inspiring because like you said not everybody's getting it yet it's it's, it's coming though it's coming the it irony is. is you raise a million dollars publicly from the community and now the investors want in right <laughs> so i we're we're opening up uh, our next round and i i have a one partner he's very finance oriented and he wants to bring in sophisticated capital that can really open up the doors and help us launch this at scale. And I told him, great, but if they're not gamers, I don't want it. And if they don't get it, I don't want it. And if yeah. I don't find the right fit, I will go right back to the community and raise from them because they care. And that's really, it's, I mean, this law is incredible because it's just, it's, it's never been done before. Um, I know there's been a lot of communities that have donated money to certain games, some of yeah. them hitting, you know, tens of millions. I've seen some that have hit hundreds of millions of dollars, purely donation based. And don't get me wrong, that's awesome. I love it. I've donated to certain games that I want to see come out. But <laughs> there's something about being able to actually own a piece of the company that to me is just – it's beautiful, right? Because if you're going to invest 1,000-plus hours into a game and donate money, at least get a piece of stock. And yeah. if, you know, if your hard-earned dollars and time you know, add value, you should be compensated for it. I come from a finance background, so that's just – that's how my brain – how my brain thinks right and although i love finance i did not like working in it <laughs> <laughs> i what i love about this is it's creating a new opportunity for people who are going to get into this they're going to develop a super keen eye for projects they're going to develop their own expertise and whole new careers are going to be launched this way i think that's fantastic yeah yeah so. I, I, I agree i'm very excited to see where the future of this goes i mean really every day i wake up and i I, I know it's corny, but I pinch myself almost. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't be living this. This is really happening. But it is. We're here. Um, we've been here for five years, and uh, I'm excited to see the next 10, 15, 20 years. It's just, it's just really, it's incredible what's happening. And I want to see if uh, maybe one day Elon Musk might might reach out to me and say, Hey, I hear you're building a metaverse. That'll be a day, right? <laughs> oh man, that would. Be <laughs> 
That would be the day, right? Because a lot of people are talking about metaverses, but I just, I just don't get it. I don't get all these people keep talking about metaverses, and it's just virtual reality makes the. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. So if it's not a virtual reality, I don't know what other metaverses people could even be talking about. No. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like a 2D metaverse and I get that too. And it's like the springboard for the VR one. But VR technology is already here. So I don't know. I don't know why other people don't see it yet. But it's going to be it's something that like no one sees and the next day everybody sees it. And there's already because of the quest Two, there's already a lot of eyes on VR. It's just virtual reality. If you looked at the history of it, it's kind of it's come in cycles, similar to cryptocurrency, where, you know, 10 years ago, everyone thought VR was going to be hot. And there's been some VCs that told me they invested in VR 10 years ago. They got burned. And then there's some VCs. They told me they invested in VR 20 years ago and 30 years ago and 40 years ago. And they've been burned. So me, I'm 26 years old, right? This is my only VR experience was in 20. My first VR experience was in 2014, 15. And Maybe I, I just I think I got lucky, right? Because the first time I, I tried it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be it. I haven't been burned yet. It's only been getting better and the adoption has only been growing. Um, so that's, you know, uh, that might just be it. And I mean, I think we're starting to pave the way for more more studios to get in easier, which is going to be nice. I mean, the ones yeah. who really have to be the trailblazers right now. They'll be heroes and they will open the door for many, many more people. And, uh, you know, we'll finally see what this is all capable of. So I'm very excited about that. To kind of wrap things up, let people know where they can sort of uh, learn about everything you're doing online, uh, reach out. Where can they go? So if you look us up on Steam, our game is called Vail, V-A-I-L. And you can find a Discord link there. And I'm... I live on Discord. I mean, me and the whole team live there, so we're always open. We're always doing Q and A's. We're always doing play tests, and sometimes I'm just I'm literally just chatting uh, or playing other games. It's cool because since our game isn't always testable, because we take the servers down to work on the game, yeah. you'll see a lot of people play all sorts of games in our community, and we're just you know playing other games, saying when does Veil come out? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find us on Steam and join our Discord. Absolutely. So. Uh... I'm I'm thrilled to be learning about this project this early on so I can kind of keep tabs on it. Would love to uh, talk more about it in the future. Uh, so definitely don't be a stranger when there are big updates, anything like that. I want to be. Well, I, I just ordered your book and I'm very excited to read it. And who knows, maybe uh, one day I'll, I'll be in one of your books. <laughs> Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm. Uh, thank you, by the way, so much for uh, picking it up. And, uh, you know, sounds good to me. That'll be a good time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Todd. I really appreciate your time. And if there's anything I can do to help, um, if you want keys or if you want to schedule a play test for your community, whatever it may be, if you want to, whatever you need, I'm, I'm here to help, really. I mean, my shirt, how can I help, right? <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. That, that'd be cool. So we'll, uh, we'll look forward to hearing more from you not too long from now. I would like to thank Jonathan again. This was a great chat. I had a really fun time talking to him. If you enjoyed the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, I would love to have you subscribe. Hit us up anywhere where everywhere podcasts can be found. We have show notes at CodeWriteplay.com. We are all over social media at GameDevPod, at CodeWriteplay, and me, Todd Mitchell, at Megatodzillo with one D and two L's. Hit me up with your show topics, your feedback, what you're working on, all the usual stuff. I love to hear it. Love to hang out with you all throughout the week. 
Check out Inside Video Game Creation on Amazon. Let me know how you like the book. I am desperate for reviews. I feel like Amazon is knocking out a lot of my reviews because they can figure out if you're like mutuals on social and stuff. There's a whole a whole complex system I never knew about. So throw me a rating or a review on the book if you've read it, if you enjoyed it, or if you didn't enjoy it. I'm just curious to see something pop up at this point. So in the meantime, do something you love, do something you're passionate about, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks all.